The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Narratives of Purpose. This podcast is dedicated to amplifying social impact by bringing you inspiring individual stories of ordinary people who are making extraordinary impact within their communities and around the world. My name is Claire Morigande and I am your host on this show. So if you're looking for a program that showcases unique stories of change makers, stories of people who are contributing to make a difference in society, and at the same time you want to be inspired to take action, then look no further, you are in the right place. Get comfortable and listen in to my conversations. Today's episode will conclude the third season of our podcast. My last guest for this month of July, as we continue to discuss technology for impact, is Petronella Sandulake. Petronella is the founder of Cordifio Health, which is an electronic health startup. In our discussion, she talks about her endeavor to help solve heart disease misdiagnosis in women to raise awareness about gender medicine and to advance health equity. Please take a moment to share your thoughts on our show by rating the podcast on Spotify or by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. This will help other listeners find our show and further amplify the stories we share on the Narratives of Purpose. But for now, listen to Petronella's story and her mission to help women's hearts beat longer. Hi, Petronella. Welcome to the Narratives of Purpose. I am really happy and excited to have you on the show today. How are you today? Really, really great, Claire, and I'm really honored to be part of this podcast. What would you like our listeners to know about you? A bit of background before we dive into Cordifio. I'm Petronella Sandolacchi, and I'm the founder of Cordifio Health, and I can tell you more about that in a minute. So where do I come from? A little bit all over the place from, you know, Romania, Italy, Australia, via Germany, now in Switzerland. My background is in economics. I was in consulting in Australia and then I moved to Berlin where I was looking into automotive sector, things like self-driving cars, how to use AI and blockchain to develop new mobility solutions for the future like electrification and so on and now I am in Zurich working on my startup because of a personal journey. Amazing so I see it's quite a um, diverse background but it seems like uh, tech or at least innovation is a bit of a connection. That's right I mean we see technology as let's say the enabler to solve problems in a faster, better, cheaper way, hopefully. You just mentioned uh, that you are the founder of Cordifio and Cordifio Health is, you'll tell me more about it, but just to give a first hint to the listeners, so it's a digital health solution and focusing on women's heart health. We met through um, a mutual friend, 
So someone introduced to us um, because I was um, working on an event with the uh, Healthcare Business Women Association where I wanted you to come and speak to us about women's health. And uh, during that event, you said that um, the number one cause of death uh, for women is heart disease and that even more than all the cancers combined. Now, that was one first shock, if you will. And the next one was that uh, the majority of these conditions are in fact preventable if they're caught early enough. So tell me about, um, you know, what is your objective with, with Cordifil? You're spot on. If you got shocked by this statistic, imagine when I got shocked by this statistic back in the day when I was researching the problem and understanding why the most important person in my life disappears just like that out of the blue from something that we didn't know about it. This thing that the number one cause of loss of life of women and also men more than all cancers combined is heart disease was shocking. But most shocking in all this is that 50% of women, even following a heart attack, get misdiagnosed with things like anxiety or indigestion or depression rather than a heart condition or other physiological condition or stroke or whatever. And you wonder why is that? to find out that everything we know in cardiovascular diseases has been studied mainly on a white male prototype mm. and women are perceived as atypical. If everything that we know in this field is studied on men and not women, then we have a challenge and the ones who are paying the price with their lives mm. are women. What's more surprising, believe it or not, this was research done by the Canadian Heart and Stroke Foundation where they found out that 30 to 50% of women diagnosed with depression don't even have depression. And what had happened in my family, you know, to lose the most important person in my life because of an out-of-the-blue situation, you go like, how is that possible? And here are the good news. And what I've learned from researchers around the world and pioneers in women's health that goes beyond reproduction is that 80% of heart diseases and strokes are preventable if caught in time. Time is muscle. That's what the mm -hmm. experts say. And that's where the mission of Corte de Fiol comes into play. We want to ensure that women know about their atypical symptoms. Typical equals male symptoms. Atypical equals females. We are 51% of the world population. And if we are atypical, what are we talking about here? Mm -hmm. And actually one of our amazing advisors, Professor Alison McGregor, she's very vocal about this thing of atypical. We should stop talking about typical, atypical. These are symptoms that manifest differently in male patients, in female patients. And then within these populations, we have different type of symptoms that, you know, are different in, let's say, women of color or Hispanic women or Southeast Asian women. They have different type of 
risk propensities for heart disease. And we want to make sure that actually health equity is advanced and embraces all these, I call them all these people that have been a little bit left behind when it comes to research on, on various diseases and how they manifest in them. My question now would be, you know, through Cordifio, how are you working on that in terms of bringing people, especially women, more aware of the type of symptoms they have? One thing that I like to mention and highlight, we are not looking into diagnosis. It's not diagnosis. What we're trying to do here is Cordifio is about leveraging technology to reach scale, reach as many people as possible and raise awareness around this topic left behind, like cardiovascular diseases in women. We see the femtech world that focuses on things like track your period, fertility, menopause, and now upcoming mental illness. Mm -hmm. Guess what? None of this is killing you. Mm. What we are addressing is a problem that people do not even know about it. And when I say people like general population, they think that breast cancer is the number one cause of death in women or prostate cancer in men. Physicians do not know about heart disease in women and how it manifests, especially the general practitioners area, if they are not trained in this. And only recently, the medical curriculum in the universities get updated to include sex and gender differences. So with Cordifio, by raising awareness with women, we start a little bit of a grassroots movement. Mm -hmm. yeah. We want the, pa the patient's voice to be heard out there. But actually, before you become a patient, you have to be your own advocate in the discussions you're going to have with the physician. So we want women, but also men and the kids to know about this kind of a topic because they will be able to identify problems early on. Number two is like early detection and prevention of heart disease through the educational aspects of it, but also through the encouragement or the empowerment that we put in the hands of the women to have informed conversations with their doctors and to accelerate this decision-making process and reach the right diagnosis by the doctor with the information or let's say the homework that we do together with the women and down the road with the men to let's say combine all these kind of uh, aspects and help them to engage effectively with the doctors. Because one of the problem, the challenges in the healthcare system, as you know, is doctors are, don't have time. Yes. A visit is either five or 10 minutes, and that's it. By the time you get you know, involved, you don't you even forget things. Mm -hmm. And that's where we want to come in to make sure that certain aspects of a condition get highlighted. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing. We highlight risk factors that okay. women have. So by doing that, we would like the physicians to take women seriously and not being sent home with depression. 
or indigestion or anxiety or mental illness, if that's a symptom of something physiological like a potential heart attack, women do not manifest heart attacks the same way in which men do. And that's the problem. Like doctors aren't trained to recognize those symptoms that they learned in a medical school. And this is what I've learned by talking with our network of doctor experts is that they learn how symptoms manifest in men, but don't apply to women. As an example, having a, an elephant on the chest, that's a typical male symptom. Okay. Women don't necessarily have elephants on the chest. They might feel like, I don't feel well, okay. or the pain is expressed differently. Yeah. And also the language in which women uh, express themselves is different than a very fact-based, male-based language. And you talked previously about one of your advisors. Uh, my question now is, again, you came from the automotive industry, you started that, so you're on the entrepreneurial journey. Tell me a bit more about that. How did you expand your network to have all these people support you on your journey? It looks like I've been grass hopping in different fields to see where the grass is greener. Not necessarily, but it's, um, you know, the, the curiosity of learning and knowing about different things. I love it. And how, how I got so many people on board or let's say supporters or those who are helping to make this dream a reality is um, probably a part of it is through what happened in my family, losing a very important person to me, to something that could have been easily avoided. And had I known what I know today, four years ago, that person would be here with us and I would not be here with you. When I was doing the research on this topic on my own, the rational part of my brain couldn't understand the statistics. And that's when I started contacting just out of the blue, cold emailing, cold calling, okay. cold LinkedIn, <laughs> whatever, um, various people around the world. And one in particular is Professor Alison McGregor. I remember back in the day when I was in Australia, I was a TED Talk binger and her TED Talk stayed impressed in my mind when I heard that medicines metabolize differently in a woman's body and women can go into trouble because of a dosage problem or a chemical compound problem or whatever. And then to find out that the clinical trials have mainly men on board, and then to find out that eight out of 10 medicines withdrawn from the market is because women have side effects, so on and so forth. And that stayed so much impressed in my mind that I went and contacted her, invited her for Zoom coffee, and then the rest is history. And she was so generous with her time and her insights that then I mentioned to her this idea that I had, and she said, go for it. And I was like, what do you mean go for it? Yeah. I don't come from the medical field. I'm not a doctor. She said, it doesn't matter. You are going to find the right people uh -huh. to help you 
actually maybe it's even better that you are not from the medical field because you can ask questions that others would not dare to ask. You can push your envelope a little bit further. And most importantly, you come with a different angle at looking at things. So with my consulting background and then automotive, there are all industries that you learn just by doing. And automotive is a highly regulated industry. So, you know, a couple of things about regulations. Mm -hmm. And then you just go and from one person to the other, you get connected and you form your network. And also I joined various amazing acceleration programs like the one day one in Basel, Mm -hmm. Take Forever in Lausanne. That's the collaboration between EPFL and Group Mutuel. It was a fantastic experience working, being accepted as one of the 10 startups out of, I think, 300 with Strategizer, working with Alexander Osterwalder and an amazing coach, Augustin. They help us to, to shape a few things, and that was a huge honor for us. Or here in Zurich, the um, Blue Line Incubator, really supportive, connecting to various experts and that's how the network forms and that's how the people who believe in this they want to help and now in the Netherlands again another amazing advisor and she's a leader in the field of um, sex and gender centric medicine Professor Sabine Oetlet Prigioni at the Randbad University in Bielefeld University Um, she was the one who put us in contact for instance with German television And she's, you know, the opening doors because people want to create change out there. And it's all about advancing health equity Mm -hmm. beyond reproduction because women are more than their reproductive organs. To jump on something you just said, you know, you've been now very active within, I would say, the startup field. So, you know, people start to know you and you you have your traction and your momentum. Tell me more about your team, because um, I recall from the workshop that we had, your team is a bit scattered around the world. So tell me more about them and where they are. This is a global mission. Cordifion is about making hearts beat longer. We're working first towards making women's hearts beat longer. And we can do this just by connecting diversity of cultures, of professional backgrounds, of ethnical backgrounds. So one of my very best friends uh, and former colleague from Australia, Kim, she's our lead designer based in Brisbane in Australia. Then the cardiologists on board that have been really close to what we are developing are in Canada, uh, Vancouver, Dr. Najah, She's an upcoming cardiac surgeon, originally from Libya and based in in Vancouver. Dr. Varanda, based in Toronto. She was at Cleveland Clinic and so on, and and other Canadians. Professor Alison McGregor in the US, the first one who believed in us. Um, Professor Sabine, Erlet Prigione in Germany, Netherlands. Uh, here in Switzerland, a group of male doctors and also female doctors supportive um, and building the network here as well and so on. In Berlin, one of um, our AI experts, Kate, and so on. 
So many, many people, it requires many hands mm -hmm. to make this a reality in by having, a, let's say, a, a global team of supporters, of team members who want to be engaged. I think we first create the visibilities in different areas of the world and also create something that focuses on, let's say, at the beginning on women, but then we want men on board as well. And actually, we have men on board, like one of the greatest um, advisors from Tech Forever, Dr. Marco Giordi, mm -hmm. was amazing in, in supporting us. Mm -hmm. And Ken Wallace, an advisor from Australia, yeah. uh, from the business side, and so on. So many people who care about their loved women mm -hmm. and also women who care about themselves and their loved women and so on. So diversity is key. Actually, we start with this from day one being people-centric with the right diversity on board to make sure that we, we realize our mission. So this entrepreneurial journey is, hasn't been for a long time, but I have spoken to many entrepreneurs on the show. And one thing I always like to ask, because someone might be listening now and saying, okay, this is great, but I don't have the, I don't know, the means, whatever it is to start my own thing and go on. And a lot of times the people I speak with, they tell me about their challenges and how they go about them, that basically, as long as you know what your vision is and you keep that in mind, you can always make it happen. So... Now, from your end, do you have any major challenge you had to go through that you'd like to share? And how did you go about that? Well, there are challenges at every every corner, but the way in which you look at them as opportunities and stepping stones for something that you know is going to have an impact. What we are doing already has an impact. People know about the problem. Little by little, you know, I have this thing of saying one heart at a time. We take just one heart at a time and then hopefully we'll have the multipliers. I mean, starting something on your own from scratch is super exciting. And you are the creator of something that doesn't exist out there. What are startups, if not a solution that is out there to a problem worth solving and I truly believe in our capacity and determination and also intelligence collective intelligence mm -hmm. to make this a reality yeah. to create a solution that actually can save lives literally and when I started was through my savings and it's hard but I put my time my resources, my heart, my part of the network, the believers in this, starting with my partner. Without him, I wouldn't have been able to start this. He was the first one to believe in this mm -hmm. and work towards that goal. One of the things that I've been doing well, I think, is just knocking on people's doors. And I found amazing people. And through them, other amazing people that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to find. Like you as well, we got connected, right? And here we are. Yeah. You're a multiplier through your podcast to bring a message that has the potential to save lives. But one thing is, um, as Goethe used to say, is that 
if you have an idea and it's inside of you, just start because starting something has magic in it. And I more or less leverage the magic in what we're putting forward. Do I know how this is going to end up? No, I don't because no one has the crystal ball. I very much love what you said before about seeing every challenge as an opportunity because I do believe that it gives you another perspective on that situation and enables you also to mobilize the resources to solve that challenge. You know, with that in mind, do you have any other advice or perhaps your biggest learning throughout this journey so far? Because I'm sure the journey is continuing. One advice that actually, let's say, was more or less an in advice and encouragement that I've experienced during the course in the Netherlands, but also that I discovered during the journey is that when you are passionate about something and you want it to become a reality, you forget about yourself. And by not taking care of yourself, like eating healthy, exercising, meeting with friends or family and so on, going for a walk, patting a cat, meditating. Mm. If you don't take care of yourself, you cannot achieve anything. You cannot engage with the people if you are low in energy. You cannot attract investors if you're falling asleep at the table and so on and so forth. And I believe that by taking care of ourselves and of our inner surroundings, we can create that kind of a safe space that helps us to grow. And then we are able to give back to others or to work on the solution more effectively, more productively, more optimistically. And as you said in your TED talk, happiness is a driver for success. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> and you know what you're telling me right now, it it doesn't come as a surprise. And it also reminds me, I think last week I was um, speaking to a group of students about leadership and inclusion. And I was focusing actually leadership on, on the individual, on you as a leader. And I, I use this image, which I really love. Many of us, if not everybody, has already taken the plane at least once. And one of the safety instructions we always hear is put on your oxygen mask before you help someone else. And that for me is, that's it. You know, it sums it up. If you don't take care of yourself, nothing of what you want to change in the world or you want to impact will happen as good as it should. Coming back to Cordifio, and my question is more in the sense of, you know, looking forward in the future, let's say in a couple of years, maybe five to 10 years from now, where do you see Cordifio going? Where we see Cote de Fion in five to ten years, um, it's like the place to go for women's health beyond reproduction. The place where answers are there, but also questions are created for answers to be, let's say, given by women, to women, by men, to women and men and so on, by experts, mm -hmm. by those. It's like a collaborative type of platform. And we want it to be global, like a global community for health and health equity. And we want the patients, the non-patients, the doctors, 
to be part of this. And with heart disease in particular, making sure that no heart is lost due to something that can be prevented in advance if you have the right knowledge. Yeah, in a nutshell, is to make hearts a bit longer. I really wish that you reach your goal and that, you know, having you here on the show is also going to help that and maybe accelerate it at some point. You never know who's listening. So would you take the opportunity to ask for specific support? We welcome any type of insight and help that we can get. Actually, we are building right now a pre-order list of those who want to be the early adopters of Cordifio platform. Right now, we are still redefining and tweaking, pivoting on the on the prototype. So we have a working prototype okay. and the funding would be really beneficial, obviously, to take the prototype and make it a reality. And for that, we would we, we are building right now um, a pre-order list that okay. you can go to our website, cordifio.com and sign up to be one of the early adopters. Mm -hmm. And right now, actually, we're working on a crowdfunding campaign oh, nice. where we want people to endorse us and mm -hmm. potential users. Hopefully, this, the scale would be reached also with the support from the documentary that we filmed mm -hmm. last uh, month yeah. with uh, ZDF. And that will help us to get the message out there, prime time, hopefully to millions of people. Because I see this, as I said, this is a grassroots movement where this is made by people, for people, through patients and the experts who believe in sex and gender medicine. Because we want to ensure that individualized care is taken seriously. We are now at the end of the episode. And as you have listened to several of them, I have uh, some specific short questions for you. I can see that you have a pile of books here. So number one, what is on your reading list at the moment or what is on your playlist right now? I start with the music because music is the one that touches our souls. I listen to various types during the day. So classical, it helps me focus especially the Third Symphony by Beethoven. Vintage Italian uh, during the day, so you're a little bit happy in that. Um, and jazz in the evening just to cool down and that kind of thing. In terms of book, right now what I'm reading is the um, biography of Shackleton, who is the man who wanted to conquer the South Pole. Antarctica. So it's more or less his journey of a man, a pioneer who believes in the beauty of his dreams and be the one to reach that point. And it's a journey of exploration and determination and struggle mm -hmm. and a sort of a travel through the hell and discovering the unknown. And more or less, actually, when I'm reading through the book, I'm almost finishing. I see similarities with the startup world. Number two, do you have a book or a piece of music that has been really special for you at some point in your life and why? 
One book that had a really big impact on me is um, written by Salman Khan, the founder of the Khan Academy. And his book is called The One World Schoolhouse. It's about education. One kid at a time, even one adult at a time here. Um, Education, democratizing education and teaching kids or helping kids to learn Mm -hmm. through different ways, with different tools. And it's, it's wonderful what... Khan has achieved with his Khan Academy platform mm-hmm. in helping kids, even with learning disabilities or kids who are curious and so on, to learn things more effectively. And this helped me a lot when um, when I decided to you know what happened in my family to go and give back to the world in a more, let's say, hands-on experience by being a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Shanti Bhavan in Tamil Nadu in India and being part of that journey with, uh, you know, with the kids who come from very challenging backgrounds, not as lucky as us in the Western world. But hey, through education, the founder, Dr. George, demonstrated that through education, it doesn't matter where you're coming from, you can be a top engineer top lawyer, get scholarship, and lift up out of poverty thousands of people just with one person being educated. Um, and actually, as impact, talking about education, I highly recommend the um, Netflix documentary called Daughters of Destiny, which is the story of Shanti Bhavan School and what amazing things happen out there. Great. And the third and last question, what would be your all-time favorite book or even song, band, whatever, that you would recommend for our audience? You just recommended a Netflix documentary, but do you have any other recommendation? Yeah, I mean, related to Cordifio and something that really had a huge impact on what I'm doing today is the book by Professor Alison McGregor called Sex Matters how male-centric medicine endangers women's health and what we can do about it, as well as Professor Angela Maas and her book, A Woman's Heart, Why Female Heart Health Really Matters. Actually, she is one of the female cardiologist pioneers in this field and was really interesting that at the start of her career, some colleagues um, told her, Hey, Angela, do you want your career to be finished before it starts? Why are you focusing on heart disease in women? There's two books, amazing. And obviously everybody knows Invisible Women, which focuses on things beyond the healthcare, but all other aspects where unless women haven't been considered in the design of a product or a service. Well, I have to say that with Cordifio and everything that you're doing, uh, you are largely contributing to health equity. I am absolutely glad that we we met and we were able also to have this conversation. And I hope that it's going to inspire at least one or hopefully more of our listeners to, to support you, or at least even to ask questions around them and to challenge things as they are. Because as we see, 
from the three last recommendation of books that you just gave us. So many things were designed not including all everyone in the population. So there are things to work and to improve out there. Petronella, thank you so very much for taking the time. Thank you, Claire. We speak a lot about including diversity in the workplace, and now there is more and more open discussion about the lack of diversity and inclusion in healthcare as well. Petronella is addressing this issue with Cordifio, starting with women's heart health. She is thereby contributing to advance health equity from the gender lens perspective. I have often heard the phrase, women are not little men, in discussions around women's health, and I am glad to see that the field of gender medicine is beginning to gain momentum. I truly hope this will give you food for thought and encourage you to question the status quo around your own health. If you wish to support Petronella and her team, head over to their website at cordifio.com. That's C-O-R-D-I-F-I-O.com. You will also find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate you taking the time. That was episode number 38, a conversation with Petronella Sandulake. And it was our final episode of the season. So join me again soon for more stories of social impact from global change makers. In the meantime, I invite you to sign up for our newsletter directly on our homepage at narratives-of-purpose.podcastpage.io. This way you will be informed firsthand about all the podcast activities and you will get previews of upcoming guests for the new episodes. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or to rate our show on Spotify. And remember to tell your friends about our podcast and share within your network if you like the stories we bring you. You can also connect with us through our social handles. You'll find all the links on our website. And again, that's narratives-of-purpose.podcastpage.io. Until the next episode, and as always, take care of yourselves, stay well, and stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Tom at Rustic Studios.